This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, guys? Organization Oops Podcast. My name is Solomon Ali at Red Nation Oops on Twitter. You're joined by the Athletics' very own Ali Khan Bijani. Congratulations on the new gig, man. Never got a chance to congratulate you. How you doing? Good, good, good. Thanks, Solomon. Uh, it's very exciting. I'm glad to have joined and had the opportunity. And I'm glad you're here as well at Toyota Center covering games with me this season. Yeah, we're live in the bowels of Toyota Center. So... The Rockets just uh, laid an egg against the Los Angeles Clippers, uh, lost by 20 billion. I I've lost count of how many le- eggs they've laid uh, so far this season. Yeah. Seems like a lot. Yeah, they've only won one game this season. They are a, I mean, I don't know how else to say this. They're a bad basketball team. Like defensively, they're just they're their, lost. Their communication's not there. Players are talking about how they don't know what they're doing. Uh, the switching is just off. Like and the rim protection. Oh my god. They're one of the worst rim protection teams in the league. 27th in rebounding percentage. And in terms of just making layups, like these guys are dr- make, missing layups, point-blank layups. Coach D'Antoni literally said they can't defend anybody on the perimeter. They're just blowing right by them, and I completely agree. I mean, there's no other way to put it. The, the effort seems to be not there, sometimes defensively. And if it is, they're just easily going right by these guys. And you have to think... You know, going into the season, the Rockets wanted to continue that switching defense. And with the whole freedom of movement emphasis and the lack of success we've seen on the ball by these Rockets defenders, can they continue to go to this switching style? Yeah, and every time you think they're getting it together, like last game, I I thought they played pretty good defensively. And then against the Jazz. And then going into the first quarter, I felt like they were were pretty solid. And then second quarter hits, and they just drop 39 points. And then third quarter hits, oh, they're playing pretty well defensively. Maybe they might get it together. P.J. Tucker is playing really active. Oh, my God. P.J. Tucker does not deserve to be on the team, by the way. He is just, that's an aside. But, yeah, they, P.J. Tucker plays well. They get a bunch of stops in a row, and they make a run, and then the Clippers just come in avalanches, and they just can't make layups, and they can't defend the rim. They can't switch. They can't communicate. It's just, I, I, t- I tweeted about this. This reminds me a lot of the 2015-16 Rockets, and it's scary. It's scary to say that. 
You know, I, I, I completely agree. And I, I, I think we're going to see some change. And I think Coach alluded to it a little earlier yeah. um, today. Um, I mean, post game. Um, I think we're going to see this Rockets team have to maybe start blitzing a lot more. The, you know, we, we've seen when they make rotations on switches, they've been successful on what I, what I consider primary and secondary switches. What right. that is, is when you switch the ball and off the ball, you have to be able to switch effectively and communicate. They're really good at that. I think the first and secondary switches, but when it gets to those tertiary switches and, and quaternary switches and uh, switches, and the the team is scrambling around the opposing team, they're they're not successful. That's when they're making all those mistakes and miscommunication. And add that with the, that lack of just staying in front of a ball handler. So I think we're going to see a lot of those blitzing maybe added into it. Just maybe simple ice to just make it simple on these rookie guys or who are playing play more a drop down too. defense. I mean, m- maybe they can just play a drop down defense, and for certain teams, they could switch. You know, they don't have to abandon switching altogether. They, they, they can switch against certain teams. Like Mike D'Antoni talked about this at the presser. And, you know, I just think, like, their new guys are just so lost. Like MCW, Carmelo Anthony, uh, with James Ennis when he was healthy, he didn't really understand the scheme that well. Isaiah Hardenstein, rookie, still. Like, they, they just don't understand what any what anybody's doing. And it seems like there's only a couple of guys that know what the hell they're doing and those couple of guys can't play 48 minutes they just can't they have to they have to get a blow every now and then and it's 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 resulted in this disastrous start to the season and offensively they're not even great like often like this is supposed to be last season they were one of the greatest offensive teams of all time and they've historically been a, an awesome offensive team and they can't they, they just they're not the same anymore. There's for me goes to the second and fourth quarter, and by that I mean that rotation where you have Chris Paul playing those minutes um, it, with, with those bench bench squad. And that bench squad isn't, I guess, doing a good enough of a job defending and um, keeping keeping on track of those switches, and the communication isn't there. And that's the minutes as as we both alluded to, where PJ Tucker's off the floor, right. and that communication is missing. When that communication is missing, that's where we're seeing all these problems occur. You know, I so I'm going to pose a, pose a question to you. Who with I mean, we've seen today we've had a two game sample size where oh, a mile and a half game sample size where Melo is now um, starting. He started the second half against Utah. Started again tonight. If they are going to make these defensive adjustments and are they they're going to continue to switch? Let's say they're going to continue to switch with PG on the floor, which is that primary starting lineup, right. and then they make those changes with the secondary unit. Should Carmelo keep starting? I don't think so. Uh, I think they have to get creative here. Um, and if, if they if their goal is to truly put out the best defensive lineups to start games, Carmelo can't be there. And you know what sucks is Carmelo might be their best option right now because they just don't have bodies. Guys are going down left to right. I mean, we can talk about their injuries. I mean, Nene is out. He re-aggravated his calf. He's going to be out another two, three weeks. James Ennis is out with a grade two uh, hamstring. And James Harden is out. And they're just... They're, they just they they're lacking bodies and lacking bodies is not good for a team that's just trying to get their bearings, just trying to understand the system, trying to understand the scheme, and it, it's it's it just sounds like a t- a team that doesn't know what they're doing, just for, flat out doesn't know what they're doing, and maybe they'll fix that. They have two two practices left. Coach, Coach D'Antoni said that's where they're going to have to make those adjustments that the, that we've both talked about in terms of picking out whether they should play just that zone up style of defense or whether they should blitz or whatever they should do to fix those issues. Because right now, I think, I think a simple type of style or it's simple, okay, we both know what a simple blitz coverage is. We right. both know what a simple zone coverage is. We both know what this is. If they can just employ those simple coverages, especially for these rookies and players who are not used to playing in a switching style of defense, 
that may bring about more confidence, not only defensively, but offensively as well, which I know they scored 100 points today, but it was a very similar trend to last game where they struggled scoring the basketball. And yes, we want to shoot three-pointers if you're, if, you're, if you're on the Rockets, but at the same time, the ball movement is not the way the same crispy ball movement it was last season. And by that, I mean... When when they're when they're going to play isolation style, and the Rockets are still the number one isolation team um, in the NBA. But that being said, whenever you're getting those spot up opportunities, those transition opportunities, they're just not there because they're not passing correctly and they're second guessing. I know you talked about this with me during the game. Eric Gordon is second guessing what he's doing on the court right now. Right. Yeah. He just does. He has all these hesitation moves. He'll drive to the basket, pass it out, come back out, decide to shoot, then cook, then drive. It's just. He's not making simple plays, and just in general, I feel like he's overthinking it, and he's, and I think it's resulting in him in this slump that he's on, this two-game slump, and I, I, I think he'll get it together. I, I, I just have a hard time believing this is Eric Gordon now. He's not, he didn't just suddenly become a bad basketball player overnight. Um, we're probably looking at a stretch where he needs to have like 20 points a game for like a, a good five-game stretch and shoot like 43% from three because that's what it's going to take. That's what it's good. They need that right now. To get this, yeah, they need they need Energizer Bunny off the bench. And I think, alluding to your struggle, like about about his struggles, his best play right now offensively has been where he's not taking a screen, he's not going off a double double. There's they're one of their primary actions offensively. He's not you know coming off a spot up three. It's when he catches the ball and immediately drives to the rim. There's no hesitation, no you know second guessing. A very decisive cut off the ball attacking to the rim, coming off those curls, or getting the ball in transition and then immediately just going driving downhill. I think the Rockets need to get more more of that out of him, and I think that will open up the opportunities for those catch-and-shoot, for those three-pointers to get going. Because I think ultimately, those second-guessing, he's he's not taking those shots. And if he's not going to take those shots, at least be much more decisive and confident in your attack downhill, which you've been successful at this season. Yeah, and he's pretty much one of the Rockets' is only floor spacers this season and if he's going to shoot this badly there's not there's no real benefit to having him out there because he's if he's not making layups and if he's not shooting the ball properly it's just like he's I would say in the past two games he's probably been the Rockets one of the Rockets three worst rotation players the Clippers were going under some screens today yeah it's it's bad it's bad um so yeah, they they have a lot of things to figure out, but uh, let's let's go ahead and talk about yesterday because yesterday was a big news day for the Rockets. Uh, let's not bury the lead here. Adrian Wojnarowski reported yesterday, and I quote: "The Houston Rockets are making a renewed bid to acquire Minnesota All Star Jimmy Butler, including four first future first round picks in their la- their last offer." So this is crazy, and like I'll go ahead and ask you: What was your first? What was your initial reaction when you when you heard when you saw this? report initial reaction was holy four first round picks that's a lot of stake to give into a player then i thought about it some more you look at it right now we we just saw those if you're an astros fan you saw about the astros you don't have a big title window whenever you have a title window i think last season that was the rockets title window i think it's yes they have it this season because they're a contending team however if you're going to contend for a title you have to go all in and i think ultimately the show of four first-round picks is a testament that the Rockets will indeed do whatever it takes to go all in. And that, that doesn't include just trading it away, but without the guarantee of Jimmy signing. And if he does sign, signing into a max contract, then you have three guards who, by the time the 2023 pick comes, that's, that were probably a part of the package, would be in their mid to late 30s. So when you look at this, 
very risky deal in terms of mortgage in the future. But in terms of win now mode, I think the way they're struggling, that how badly they need a perimeter defender and what they've seen was successful last season where they had multiple guys thrown at Curry and they had multiple guys to attack Curry offensively. I think for those reasons, I've slowly become more open to the idea. But however, four first round picks does not totally sound like a deal that would be prudent. Or also, why didn't Minnesota take this if this was truly a deal? Yeah, I'll just say this. Like when I first saw the tweet, I had a similar thought to you. I was like, holy, that's a lot. And I reached for my phone to tweet something about it, but I resisted. And I, and I, the reason I did that because I don't know a lot of the details of this trade. What's what, what, who are the salary fillers? Are there going to be any protections on those picks? Are are all those picks picks or are there some of them sw- pick swaps? And because remember, the CBA prevents teams from trading back to back first round picks because a million years ago, um, a general manager by the name of uh, Ted Stepien uh, mismanaged the hell out of uh, he he owned the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm sorry, not a general manager. He owned the Cleveland Cavaliers, mismanaged the hell out of their first round picks, traded all those picks, and then we had to cre- they had to create a whole new rule for him where teams cannot trade back to back first round picks. And so, yeah, I mean, I, they they can't. These picks are going to come out like six years down the line. Some of these picks that they're offering, they're, we're talking 2023, 20, 2035. 20, Seven years is an eternity yeah. in the league. It, it's a lot. It's a lot. Now, the pick protections haven't been reported yet, but I'm just going to go out on a limb and say they're not all unprotected because this is Daryl Morey and not Billy King, right? And I think this front office is really smart at evaluating where these picks are going to fall and what, what, what? value these picks are going to have in these drafts. And I'm not sure if they're making this deal without leveraging any sort of assets they have right now to get other first-round picks that are not theirs. Because right now, they don't own anybody else's first-round pick. would not surprise me if they're trying once October 31st comes around, and we both know, and a lot of our reader, uh, a lot of our listeners right now both know, who's available to be traded that October 31st deadline. Brandon Knight and Marquise Chris. Yeah, Shams Charania came out today and said, basically told us what the offer was. It was four first-round picks. Again, the protections are still a secret. Like, no one really knows. That hasn't been reported yet. Maybe we'll find that out. God knows. But the salary filler is going to be Brandon Knight and Marquise Chris. Because, and it makes sense. If you're going to trade four future-round first-round picks, you cannot trade Eric Gordon. You can't. You can, if That's too much. Because if you're, if you're trying to acquire a player of Jimmy Butler's caliber, I mean, yeah, you do what you can, but you don't go crazy because you're trying to win a championship. And to, have, to what, try to win a championship, you have to have players like Eric Gordon and PJ Tucker. It's just, and I again, I'm someone who's defended Jimmy Butler's value, and I, I and I was on board with the idea of trading Eric Gordon and PJ Tucker and a first. But this is four firsts. It's a totally different off, totally different ball game. The carrot for this deal is the four first round picks. No longer Eric Gordon and PJ Tucker. So. You know, it's it's a tricky situation because, again, Tom Thibodeau is the president of basketball operations and the head coach. And so we're not sure what he values right now. Does he does he even care about those first-round draft picks that he may not ever see? Tom Thibodeau, from those who know him around the league, understand that he values winning right now. No matter what he's going to tell you to the media, he values winning right now. And I think that's the biggest takeaway from all this is that he's not going to take a deal unless he's certain it's going to help them win now as a basketball team and compete for the playoffs. And that's the bottom line. Yeah, and that's where that Miami offer really makes sense, right? With Bam, with Josh Richardson. The reported offer. Reported yeah, yeah, offer, yeah, yeah. yeah. It hasn't, you know, hasn't really happened yet. But, yeah, that, that, offer, that, that offer makes a lot of sense for that, for, that, for that particular goal. But I just, 
at some point, Minnesota is going to have to make a deal here. At some point. Like, they can't beat around the bush here. He is a unrestricted free agent after this season. He's going to leave. He's, he's openly expressed you his discontent. You some sort of return for him. Yeah, he's openly expressed his discontent. And he's poisoning that locker room. To, he's taken away players' confidence. Like, Carl Towns looks like... I don't know. He doesn't look like Carl Towns. I don't know who the hell that is. That might be Ian Scanter in a Carl Towns uniform because he, he just he just does not look the same. He's, he's not the same basketball player right now. Their confidence is completely eroded. And, I mean, you can't have a guy like that in your locker room if, if he doesn't want to be there. And he, he's going to leave, so you're not going to get anything from him. As you said, you have to get some value from him now. And so this October 31st, it's not a deadline, but it, it's, it's the day you can start trading – these these players that the Rockets acquired, you know, Marquise Chris and Brandon Knight. This this October thirty first date is something that we have we all have to keep an eye on because it's going to force some action. And a lot, God, a God knows, of, a lot of executives um, have been talking, and they agree that date is indeed something to keep an eye on because ultimately that's when the Rockets can actually unleash the offers, potential offers they have. They have more flexibility in those offers. And ultimately, maybe that's when Miami re-engages even more fully than they did earlier. Yeah. And as for the offer itself, four first-round picks and Marquise Chris and Brandon Knight, uh, I'll ask you, would you do that deal? Just just, just flat out, you don't know the protections on that deal. We're, we're just going to assume that they're lightly protected. If I'm Minnesota, I would do the deal only because I have to consider the fact that I I gave Gorgie Jang a large contract, only to consider the fact that I have other guys on the roster who aren't necessarily the best rotation players, and I need to package them away. I do that with the fact that I need to add veterans or quality role players to my team to actually complement Towns and Wiggins. I think the biggest reason why Tucker is so wanted by the Minnesota Timberwolves is because they realize they need somebody who can help communicate defensively, need somebody who can help space the floor. And Tucker would be a great compliment to Towns. I mean, no, no like for sure. So, so when it comes to the assets that the Rockets have, uh, I mean, sorry, that the Timberwolves have, I think four first round picks helps them get to the, it helps them maneuver. You had four. You had they, four. You can get uh, off that Brandon Knight contract later down the line and Gorgie Dang's contract. Yeah, and also you can take back. Maybe another thing that people don't understand. Yes, salaries matter and salary matching matters, but you also have to understand which player plays into that system well. So, for example, when the Rockets traded away Ryan Anderson's contract because they got back Brandon Knight, Brandon Knight wasn't just a salary filler. Brandon Knight came because they figured, you know what, if we're not going to have a guy who's we already we've already filled him up with Carmelo's uh, Carmelo's basically taking over his position. If you already have Carmelo here, we need another guard. Why don't we get somebody who can actually contribute? No matter what happens, if we trade him, if we don't trade him, you have somebody who can play that combo guard. And Rockets coaching staff believes that Brandon Knight could be somebody like an Eric Gordon to them. Somebody who he could be like an Eric Gordon to them. Somebody who can defend the same way, shoot the same way, be a combo guard. And I think ultimately, like that's what Minnesota has to consider: is okay. Let's get those. For, if we get those first round four first round picks, what can we do with that? And I think that flexibility for me is something that I would desire. Yeah, as far as like the Rockets end of things, I I would hesitantly do that deal, I, I because four first round picks is nothing to sneeze at. It, it's you're 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 taking on a lot of risk there. That that's nothing. You can't just dismissively say you got to do it. Yeah, you, I would do it, but I would think about it because that is, you don't know what you're going to be in 2025. What if that's a lottery pick? What if that pick is unprotected? We we need to know these protections before we make a definitive. Like I really didn't want to write write anything on this because I didn't know the protections, and I, I was. It's hard to really analyze this without 
yeah, it's hard to really analyze this without really knowing those protections. And honestly, like, as you said, the Rockets are in win-now mode. They're trying to win a championship. They have Chris Paul and James Harden in their prime. Chris Paul is aging. So that's something you got to keep in mind. Your title window is now. It's not five years down the line. It's not six, six years down the line. It is right now. You have to win right now. And maybe you can worry about, you know, your picks down the line. You can worry about salary cap spaces down the line. Maybe you can even worry about trading these contracts down the line. You know, maybe, maybe you can think about trading Jimmy Butler because I think that might be a tradable contract. Maybe you can think about trading Eric Gordon or um, you have to keep all your options on the table. And I, and I, I would do this deal reluctantly, but I would do this deal. And if you're trade, if if we're talking Eric Gordon's in the deal, I'd hang up. I'd hang up because you at that point it's too much. And you're trying to beat the Warriors. You need as much of, the, of this help as you can. You need as much quality players to have a. a do you take Jimmy Butler's ability to create, which we both know is better than Eric Gordon's ability to create? Do you take that ability over the shooting Eric Gordon provides, or right now lack thereof? If, they're if not, you're not giving four first round picks, yeah. But if you if you're giving four first round picks, Eric Gordon is not in that deal. That's me. That that you know you could disagree, but I, I'd say. Well, I think, if, I think it was way too hefty if you give up Eric Gordon as well. But I think yeah. ultimately Minnesota would ultimately want Eric Gordon or yeah. PJ Tucker or both in that deal. That's the they should. That's they should. Yeah. Yeah, it's smart. And I mean, at the end of the day, I think we're just staring down the barrel of this October thirty first date. Um, and whether or not it forces action or not, I think it will. I, I think I think the Minnesota they're not going to sit on him very much. Uh, we're look, we're looking at February here. If he's not dealt by February, I would be one. I'd be totally surprised, because he's leaving free agency. That's done. That's like he's already said that to the media and to the, to Tom Thibodeau. They met in Los Angeles in the summer, so like he told them to their face. Like I, I just think you have to make a move on Butler. You don't have to necessarily trade him to Houston, but you got to make a move. Whether that's Miami, whether that's Houston, you got to make you got to pick you got to make him your mind because. He is clearly not a positive force in that locker room right now. He was last year. Last year, he was a really great piece for them and almost got them the third team. But this year, he is just hes a little, a little bit cancerous. And I don't like using that word. I don't like using that word. But for this specific situation, he's been a little bit cancerous. You have to consider that going into the situation as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much it uh you can subscribe to the podcast on itunes google play and stitcher follow me on twitter at red nation noobs and where can we follow you Ali Khan? uh you can follow me at rockets underscore insider uh someone and i i know are both working on um features coming up this week on the defense and where the rockets go from here so make sure you stay tuned for that yeah guys good night
from self-help books to meditation, we work hard to find peace of mind. Xfinity Home helps you rest easy with a total home security solution. Installed by experts and powered by secure and reliable Xfinity Wi-Fi, you'll get 24-7 professional monitoring with fast response times and real-time alerts, like when doors and windows are opened. Rest easier with Xfinity Home. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash home security. Restrictions apply. Residential customers only. Requires compatible high-speed internet. Professional installation required.